Life is full of questions, isn't it? For me today, what am I gonna wear? What's the temperature gonna be outside? Is it really gonna snow or isn't it? Is the ice storm coming or is it not? When will our students go back full-time? We were just talking about that this morning. And yet sometimes when we get a minute, the other night I had my cup of tea after dinner and everyone had dispersed from the dining room and I just sat there quietly. Perhaps you have those moments and you get to ponder some of the deeper questions. What am I doing with my life? Does God really love me? Are my kids going to be okay? Is there more to life than cleaning up that yogurt spill and getting to the doctor on time? And so we want to tell you that Alpha gives some space to talk about some of those deeper questions. This series, this winter, we're going to go through what Alpha does in its small group setting. We're going to use that for our Sunday morning topics. It'll go coincide with what the small group is doing on Wednesday nights, or if you're doing it uh, yourself, we have somebody who's going through it with a friend. And we are going to spend some time talking about those deeper questions. Likely, you showed up today because you want to hear from the Lord, I'm assuming. And uh, it's a contrast, isn't it? All throughout the week, we are inundated. We have access to so much information that offers us answers. And in Alpha, we look to, and in this house, we look to Jesus, who is the expert who I trust will meet us. Now, I also hope that as you come on a Sunday morning, or even if you are part of a small group, that that's not where you stop. That's not where you stop the searching, but you're having conversations with people, and we're going to give you another opportunity today of how to keep going deeper to ask questions. So the first question today is, is there more to life? Now, perhaps you have or experienced, or you are experiencing this right now. You're in college, right? And you have one goal, to get out. Right? I mean, that's why you go to college, just so eventually you can get through it. Sometimes college is challenging. You have classes, you have all the things, you have all the stress. And perhaps in your mind, you said to yourself, or are saying to yourself, once I get out of here, it's going to be better. Right? I'm going to have my own place. I'm going to have a job. Everything's going to, like, calm down. Okay, so for those of you who are still students, brother, that might not happen for you. Because then once we get out, what happens? Oh, well, maybe if I'm lonely, lass or lad, I think to myself, okay, once I find that special love and I, you know, everything will be fine. And then sometimes that doesn't cut it right. You think, oh, maybe once we have kids or maybe once, okay, once I reconcile this relationship in my life, that's not great. Or maybe it's that next degree or it's finishing that kitchen project or whatever it is, right? We just always think like, once I get past this, oh, maybe there's something ahead of this that's gonna get better. Or maybe you might be like Tom Brady. Any Tom Brady fans in the room? Okay, I just saw somebody put their head down. Do you know that this is Tom Brady's 10th Super Bowl? He's a football player, for those of you that don't know anything about sports. I can be kind of snarky, right? Because I'm not even online today. Y'all know me well enough, hopefully. This is his 10th Super Bowl. Tom Brady. Tom Brady's 43 years old. He's about my age. He said after winning his third Super Bowl in 2005, he said, God, there's got to be more than this. I mean, this can't be what it's all cracked up to be. I mean, I've done it. I'm 27. What else is there for me? Isn't that funny? <laughs> well, Tom, 15 years later, there's more for you. Now he's on a different team. He's take them, taken the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are kind of nobodies, right? And here they are going to the Super Bowl. Not only is he heading to his 10th Super Bowl, he's won six, by the way, Super Bowl rings. He is married to a supermodel, and he has three kids. 
Do you think Tom's thinking to himself, is there more to life than this? With COVID restrictions, I think we all know there is more to life than what we're living right now, right? We would all say, oh, all, we would have our list of what we're missing. But I'm here to tell you, perhaps unkindly, but I think realistically, even if you had it all back, perhaps we would still have that feeling in us like, is this really it? I think we would maybe still feel a little bit disappointed. Okay, if you're not a Tom Brady fan, maybe you watch uh, superhero movies. Anybody seen the new Wonder Woman 1984 flick? We're kind of Wonder Woman fans in my house. Okay, thank you. What happens in Wonder Woman? They all get one wish. And everybody's happy, right? No, they're not. The world blows up. Sorry, spoiler alert. Jim Carrey. You guys know who Jim Carrey is? He was in The Grinch. Okay. Or for those of us who are older, Pet Detective. <laughs> that makes me laugh when I think about that. He said, I wish everyone could get rich and famous and have everything they could ever dream of so that they would know that this is not the answer. <laughs> so what is life all about? We're going to look at John 14 today. Jesus was spending time with his followers, his crew that he had been with for a long period of time, and he had told them, I am about to die. He shared many things with him. The end of the book of John is full of a conversation that Jesus had, almost a monologue with the disciples. And he says this in John 14, starting at verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Now, guess what? The disciples didn't get it. And they asked him a question. Thomas was the one that perked up, but I bet they were all thinking the same thing. Thomas said to Jesus, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered in verse 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know the Father, my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus starts this section with a do not be troubled. Don't be worried. Don't be anxious. That indicates they likely were anxious. Jesus had just predicted that he was going to die, that he was going to leave them. They had believed that Jesus was the answer to all of their life's questions, and now he was saying he was going to die and leave them. It was a major blow. By the way, he had also told them that two of them were going to uh, disown Jesus and betray him. Instead, he said, do not be troubled. Believe in me. Trust me. He promises them a place that they get to go. They don't know where it is. But Jesus says, I'm going to be there. and My father's going to be there too. And I'm going to come back for you. And you know the way. And Thomas was like, that sounds great, Jesus, but I don't get it. I don't understand. How am I going to get there? I don't, under I don't know the directions, right? 
hey, come out for dinner. We're going to go to this place. I have no idea where that is. Or this happens to me a lot. I have running buddies. Hey, we're going to go run out by Lang Valley. There's this place in this parking lot. And I'm like, I'm new to Mankato. I have no idea what you're talking about. So what do I do? Like any good American, right? We get our phones and we pull out the map, right? And I even have it connected to my watch so that I'm driving to go dink, 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 when I need to take her right or a left, right? You guys have this too. Thank God for that app. Thomas wanted assurance. He wanted a grip on the directions. He wanted the iPhone in his car to tell him exactly how to get to where Jesus was going. But instead of a map or directions or a step-by-step -step playbook, what does Jesus do? He points to himself. I can just imagine the, the disciples going, I don't think he, I don't think Jesus understands what we're saying. I, Jesus, I don't think you, no, we're, we mean like we need to understand how, and Jesus says, yeah, I'm telling you. And it's literally me. I love that. I love that. I don't even know how much more I can say about that to help you understand, but I love that section. It would have been easier if Jesus had said, okay, Thomas, this is what you're going to do. And Thomas would have gotten out the scroll, right? Okay, first you need to read the Old Testament book of Esther. Okay. Okay, then you need to go to temple and pray these prayers three times. Oh, okay. That would have been easier. But instead, he invites Thomas into a relationship with him. That's the way. It's Jesus. Is there more to life? I'm here to say, if a relationship with Jesus is not the cornerstone, the bedrock, the center, the iPhone in your phone, in your van, when you're driving somewhere and you don't know where you're going, if Jesus is not at the center of your life, then yes, there is more to life. Following this exchange in John 14, Philip comes along and says, Okay, Jesus, you're the way. Okay. You know what? We need you to show us the Father, and then we'll be satisfied. Isn't that interesting? Essentially, Philip is saying we aren't satisfied. We want to see the Father. And do you know how Jesus answers? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. They still don't quite get it. Up here, but I also think it's amazing that these men, and there probably were some women listening to, these people had been with Jesus Christ, born in a manger, right? Grown up in Nazareth, dad was a carpenter, walks on the water, heals the people, does the loaves and the fishes, right? All of the things, they had literally seen it, and they still, right? They're still not satisfied. And I think, you guys, when we are listening to what Brad talks about with Alpha, when we think about our culture, we are like this. Sometimes I am like this. I've been with Jesus. I even kind of know what he's capable of. And sometimes I still don't get it. We, I do believe, desperately <laughs> need to understand that our neighbors are like this. And they are not satisfied because they don't fully trust in Jesus. Maybe they think it's like the plan, like the to-dos. Maybe they have not come to that point of really fully trusting in Jesus, or perhaps their life is so comfortable they haven't needed to. I don't know why, but they lack something just like the disciples did. We all know this, right? There's a difference between knowing about 
and knowing. I say this all the time. Y'all may have heard me say this. I believe that Arizona exists. Can I get an amen? <laughs> okay, Arizona exists, right? But guess what? I've never been there. It's never affected my life. I have friends that have been there. I have friends that actually lived there for a couple years. They just moved back to Red Wing and I sent them smart wool socks. <laughs> They've gotten rid of all their stuff. They used to live in Minnesota. But Arizona, yeah, for sure. There's life there. I'm sure it's beautiful. There are wonderful people there. Never have I had any experience with Arizona that's personally affected my life. And I think that sometimes that's where we get with Jesus. We believe it. We believe it's true, right? Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it to the full. If we are to have life with Jesus that's to the full, I believe that what Jesus is saying is that it comes down to him and a relationship with him. An ongoing, personal, and sometimes mysterious, I don't fully understand it all the time, but a relationship with him. Jesus said in John 6, verse 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Now, true confessions, and again, I can do this because I'm not online, right? Sometimes I'm still hungry and thirsty. Anybody else? Sometimes I still wake up in the morning and I'm like, Lord, I don't know if I want to do this. Maybe I, I don't know, maybe like there is an easier way. Or my first thought in the morning is not to read my Bible, but it is to check on the news. Or sometimes I think at the end of the day, like, oh, I just want to like binge watch shows and stay up too late. And, you know, anybody else? <laughs> okay, thank you. Or sometimes we're with, you know, you're, you're spending time with God, you're in your scriptures, you're doing all the things right, and you just kind of feel like my skin today, which is like dry. Okay, just because I have put my faith in Jesus, and I do believe I'm having life and life to the full, it does not mean that my life is perfect. It does not mean the pain always goes away. It does not always mean that the healing comes when we want it to. It does not mean the live stream is always going to work when you are going back for the first time in months. Okay? What it does mean is that when we don't know the way, we know who knows the way. When we don't know what the truth is, we know who holds the truth. And when we are in the face of death, we know who holds the key to life. Andy Stanley tells a story of visiting a, visiting a factory in China. Andy Stanley leads kind of a mega church right now in Atlanta. At the end of the tour, a Chinese woman, one of the workers of the factory, came up to Andy and said, are you a pastor? And he said, yes, I am. And he kind of wondered to himself, am I about to get in trouble? <laughs> like, should I admit to this? Well, it turns out she said, oh, I've listened to you. I've come across you on the internet and I've listened to some of your sermons. And he's like, oh, you know, like, thank you. And she said, can I ask you some questions? And he said, absolutely. She said, I've heard you say that there are churches in the United States everywhere, but they're not full. And he said, yes. And she said, why do people go to church in the United States? Well, he talked with her and came to find out that the closest church for her was a two-hour bus ride away. And she was a believer desperate for community and for church. And sometimes she said, sometimes I don't have the bus fare to get to this church, so I go on the internet and I find good preachers. 
For her, she was willing to go hours, spend money to find a church where truth was being changed, uh, shared. And here we are, right? We believe also sometimes that there is more to life, but it's not at the church. <laughs> that the world has the answer. There's got to be more to this life, so I'm going to go out and find it. I'm going to try a new yoga class. I'm going to try that new diet. I'm going to try that new relationship. I don't know, right? We all do this sometimes. There are many things to tempt us. I, uh, the Alpha Course teaches this. If you live to be 70, on average, you're going to spend 20 years and two months asleep. You're going to spend 10 years and five months watching shows. We're going to spend seven years and six months eating and drinking. I guarantee you I'm going to spend more than that. <laughs> we eat and drink a lot at our house. Sometimes, I think in the West particularly, we have so many things that keep us comfortable. There's so many things we can do with our time. And man, you have an iPhone in your hand, you have a smartphone in your hand. Sorry, this is like an Apple commercial. We have iPhones in our house. But you know, when you have that phone in your hand, you can do like 20 million things other than focused on Jesus, right? This is not meant to be like a come down on us. It's just the reality. So if we sleep, watch TV, eat and drink all those hours, do you know how much time we have left? 23,750 days left to live. How are we going to spend our time? When we ask those big questions, is there more to life than this? How are we going to use that time? Maybe you've grown up in church. Maybe you're in a really great, vibrant relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've never considered this. I don't know every single person in this room super well. But I would invite you to consider the next two months. It's about 56 days. And I'm going to ask for you to think about like all the things that maybe you could move to the side for two months. Some of those things that take up our time. And to reconnect with Jesus. I've done this myself. I'm starting to reread the book of Matthew at the end of the day. I have a devotion that I do that kind of takes me all around the Bible, but then at the end of the night, I'm just reading a story about Jesus. I started Matthew. Well, what we're going to do, oh, I don't even have one, Brian. On your chairs, you have a little gospel of John. We've created a, sure, we've created a daily reading guide. You guys maybe are already in a gospel and, you know, maybe go for it, but we're encouraging at both locations. Take this. There's a number, Brian, right, that we can text. Oh, maybe later. Oh, we didn't get it. Okay, we'll email it to everybody or we'll put it on our, okay, social media. Um, you can text a number. We'll do it today, actually. Um, we can pastor line it. Well, that's what we'll do. We'll get it out to you. Sorry. You can text a number and you'll get a daily reminder of a section to read in John. Now, if you're in a vibrant relationship with Jesus, this is what I urge you then. As you connect with Jesus, don't be satisfied with connecting with Jesus. Who do you know? 
that is not connected to Jesus that could benefit from reading a section of John with you? Can we do that? Somebody you work with, somebody you'll see regularly. I asked Cheryl today, I said, what if you and Gretchen and I read this and when we go running, we can talk about it? And I'm trying to think of who else that I could ask. Or if you want to take another step and the alpha thing is interesting to you and you have somebody in your mind thinking like, oh, maybe they do this with me. You can literally just jump online for one hour on Wednesday nights and join us. Brian's going to be online. A woman named Sarah's going to be online leading the online part. I'm going to be at the Howard Drive uh, location in person if you want to come in person. Try it for a week or two. If you hate it, leave. It's fine. <laughs> just try it, okay? So Alpha or read the book of John. There are also two books I'd encourage you. If you feel like, man, I'm kind of in one of those dry spots with Jesus. A book that I love, that we have a poster of in our bedroom that I literally wake up to every day, Henry Nowen's The Return of the Prodigal Son. It's Henry Nowen's account of Luke 15, The Son Coming Home, the painting that Rembrandt painted, and Henry Nowen's own life as a Christian leader. And the way that he weaves those three things together, it's really delightful. Also, Nikki Gumbel, who wrote the Alpha series, he wrote a book called Does Religion Do More Damage Than Good? Nikki Gumbel is the one who created the Alpha series and is the teacher every week. So is there more to this life? If we have Jesus, there is because we believe in eternity, right? But once we have Jesus, really connecting with him is how we experience life and life to the full. If we don't have Jesus, yes, there is more to this life. There is good news. There's more to life than just cleaning your house, than online school, than wearing masks, than setting up and taking down the American, right? There is more to this life. And it is Jesus, Jesus himself. Would you pray with me? God, as we worship together uh, in this place today, it's a wacky day, Brian. We're grateful that you are the way and the truth and the life. You promise us yourself. You promise us fulfillment. You promise us life and life to the full God. And help us to connect with you that we might experience it personally.